Welcome to Pressing Buttons, a podcast about video games. In today's episode, Nick and I discuss the Resident Evil and Silent Hill showcases. We also go over some smaller announcements from the week. Enjoy the show! Hi guys, and welcome to Pressing Buttons. I'm Hugo. I'm Nick. And it's great to be here. Another week, another episode. And this time, it's 40. Numero 40. Wait, you didn't say great episode. Well, another great episode. There you go. Is I'm it still wor- Yeah, I'm still workshopping. You said, okay. you, t- you said something good the other day, and I forgot what it was. I was going to use that. Yeah. Okay, I wish I remembered what it was. Yeah. <laughs> You were you were useful at some point. <laughs> mm. Damn it, I don't remember what it was. I was going to use that as my intro, but I'm still workshopping it. I'll figure it out one day. Well, you know, okay. it's, pod, it's a podcast. I wonder, I wonder what the longer uh, channel plot is going to be. Is it going to be you figuring out the intro or me getting my TV stand? I think it's me figuring those, out the intro. Those are the two longest running uh, narrative yeah, arcs. Aren't you supposed to get it tomorrow, the twenty fifth? Yeah, I get it tomorrow. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I won't believe it until it's right there. Oh, well, you gotta, you gotta put it up on on Discord once you get it, so you know yeah. people can can finally see what you've been waiting for two, three months for. Two three months. months, baby. Yeah. All right. Um, no little uh, housekeeping stuff uh, for this week. Um, just a. Regular old episode. We're just going to shoot straight through. We're going to go right into some showcases. Um, uh, Capcom and Konami uh, both held showcases. You know, it is spooky season, as uh, everybody knows. Halloween's coming up and everything. And there are a lot of slate. Of, there's a slate of games, uh, horror games that are coming out pretty soon. Um, and they decided to do a showcase uh, on Tuesday, I believe, of last week um, for Resident Evil and Silent Hill. Um, some announcements for new games, some uh, announcements for old games, remakes, and stuff like that. So first, we're going to go over the Resident Evil uh, showcase. Um, with that one, they showed some the new expansion for the uh, Winters expansion, which stars Rose Winters, uh, Ethan's daughter. If you play the game, you know um, she's kind of like the main... Uh, the main focus of the game where you have to go and find her um, and battle all the crazy Resident Evil monsters. Um, with the expansion, you'll be able to play as hers and use her powers and stuff like that. I'm excited to check that out. I thought the game was pretty fun, pretty scary. Um, I think it's going to kind of be more action-packed uh, than the regular horror mainline, so I'm excited to kind of see how the, w- what that entails. Um, they're also going to include a new third-person uh, mode uh, for the main campaign, which um, with prior Resident Evils, um, at least 1 through 6, it was always third-person, and then with 7 and 8, uh, they went into first-person, which... Has honestly helped the series to make it more, uh, I think, horrifying and scarier. Uh, just having everything uh, first person in your face, especially the the chase sequences. Um, they also have the Resident Evil Reverse, which is a multiplayer online shooter that they have. Um, that comes out. Uh, there's a 
I'm sorry. There's early access available uh, as of today, October 24th. Um, so you'll be able to try that out if you bought the game as well. Um, it looks fun. Um, something specially different than Resident Evil, than the normal Resident Evil because it it looks fast paced, action packed. There's a lot of guns and a lot of explosions and stuff like that. It's like uh, your SEAL Team Six against the zombies. Um, and then they showed a new trailer for uh, Resident Evil Remake coming out uh, March of 2023, and that looks amazing as always. Uh, with with the remakes that Resident uh, that Capcom has been doing the last couple of years with Resident Evil 2 remake, Resident Evil uh, 3 remake, they always look great. I think uh, this one is shaping up to look good as well. And from the looks of it, and from what they were saying, it also seems like they're going to be doing um, different mechanics a little bit or or different paths that you could take just switch the game enough where it feels new doesn't feel uh, uh too old um what did you think of the showcase uh i know you're not a big horror guy but it looked good yeah uh i'm interested in like the winners or i guess like whatever they're doing with resident evil 8 i guess they're calling it like the gold gold yeah, edition the, the gold edition where you get yeah. a, all the DLC and those yeah, yeah. expansions. So I might. So I, I skipped Resident Evil Eight really for no, no. I just like never got around to it. I didn't make like a specific decision to not to not get it. Um, so for me, this is awesome that I'm like I can just kind of play the game for the first time with like all all the stuff on it. So um, I thought that looked good. I'm gonna check that out. And then Resident Evil Four looks amazing. I think people were comparing that with another remake announcement that we'll talk about later through, through Konami, but this one is the one that looks really, really good. Uh, Resident Evil 4. And I was trying to... How many times... So you've actually beaten that game, right? Resident Evil 4? Yeah. How many How many times have you bought the game? Uh, just twice. Originally just twice? For, okay. for the GameCube and then uh, when it got released on the PS3. PS3? Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to. I was trying to think. I've, I've bought it at least twice, and what's even more sad is I never, I've never beaten the game. <laughs> wow, you never. So, I mean, it's. I think it's the best. It's the best Resident Evil game for yeah, me. Yeah, I've gotten. I think I've gotten, and I've tried multiple. Like I don't even know how many times. Probably like four or five times throughout the years. I mean, because this game's like twenty years old, or like how old? Is it? Like fifteen years yeah. old, or. Something yeah, it's like something crazy, right? I guess GameCube time, so it's like yeah. two thousand eight, two thousand. Yeah, I have I no, I have no idea. Um, Somebody will check it. Yeah, where's our where's our producer? Uh, so yeah, I've, I've never. I'm like ashamed to admit that I've never actually beaten this game. So from my perspective, it's like okay, like is here's another Resident Evil game that um, you know it's getting a fresh coat of paint and. You know, so I'm, I'm also have this one on on my list of games I'll probably check out and hopefully actually complete it. And I can't th- I can't think of like why I never like what was it about Resident Evil Four? Like, because with Resident Evil Two, I was just like, I'm not I can't dick around with this Mister X mechanic. Like, I'm just because you're scared. No, it's no okay thanks. Yeah, yeah, but with Resident Evil. 4, Four, I think it was. I think it was one of those things. I, just, I would always find some other. I would just get distracted by something else and just kind of drop drop it off. But um, I liked what I played. 
I mean, I think with this one, especially since it was kind of like the start of them branching off from, from like zombies, um, especially going with the virus, going to like a different um, country or area where it's not Raccoon City anymore, and and you know you got the virus and it's it's got like just infected people, and then with eight you have just these infected family members. I think it kind of. I wouldn't say it turned off a lot of people, but it just, it was different. But this obviously being like the start of it, I think it did really well. Um, with five, I think that one did well as well. Um, but I don't think as many people liked it just because the story made kind of no sense or it was lacking. Um, six as well. Six was very uh, panned. Nobody liked that one at all. And then that's why they did the, the reinvention of seven. I think once they saw... Uh, PT, which we'll talk about later. Since that did so well, everybody was kind of like hyped about that. I think um, they they saw that it could work. The horror genre um, for them at least could work um, in first person, and it did really well. I think seven. Um, I, I always thought the other se- the other games in the series were more action packed. Seven of uh, of the Resident Evil games was the one that I felt like was actual horror, where like I was kind of spooked all the time, where I didn't know what was behind me, and it's, it it is because you're kind of you're taking away all your senses because you can't see anything, everything that's around you. You have to turn completely, so all that stuff. And eight um, brought it as well, so I'm you know uh, I'm glad that they did the the first person, and it was different enough where it. it kept being scary and it kept being the Resident Evil that you know and love just a little bit different I am kind of excited to see what they do with 8 or whatever I mean uh, with 9 or whatever they do with the next installment Um, I'm pretty sure something's coming down the pipeline yeah and then um, the other thing that we didn't really talk about was Reverse which I don't like what what, is it like if it's free to play maybe I'll check it out but like well, it's, it's I, an I early access, you access if you if you have the game. It's just um, it at least on on my Steam. If you have the game, it just comes in as part of it's it's an extra download. So it's on our, in early access right now, and I can I can play it if I want to, but I don't have anybody to play with. I'm gonna check it out. It seems to me where it's just like a multiplayer. Um, you play the zombies in 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 Call of Duty. It seems to me like it's that, but just in the Resident Evil universe um, with. Uh, what's his name? Damn it! I'm drawing a blank. Uh, the that's guy, a weird name. the guy in Resident Evil uh, Eight, the Chris, Chris Redfield. There you go, Chris. Okay, got it. It, it was in there. It was in in the mind. Uh, it uh, Chris Redfield's like part of uh, this unit um, or whatever this like para, uh, paramilitary unit. So it's like that unit in the Resident Evil universe, so, you know, they're going commando on all these freaks. <laughs> and, th- and that's if you have, if you already have Resident Evil 8, you get access yeah, to that? Yeah, okay, it, it's, it's, it's part of the game. Got it. Oh, yeah, so I think, okay, I think I remember now. When that was supposed to come out originally, but then they, they like, delayed it? Yeah, it was okay. supposed to be its, its own separate thing, but I guess they bundled it together just because it was taking so long to get released and it's easier this way because nobody's gonna buy a standalone just small multiplayer shooter just that's set in the capcom uh in the resident evil universe because it's there so i think it's a, it's a good 
thing that they did bundle it with uh, Resident Evil 8 and you'll be able to play it like that. Cool. But yeah. Uh, and then moving on from that, uh, we had the uh, Konami did the Silent Hill. Um, another scary uh, franchise. They had a lot of announcements. They had the Silent Hill 2 remake, which is going to be available for PS5 and PC. It's going to be exclusive to PS5 for at least a year. It's going to be helmed by Bloober Team, uh, which is a developer that is very familiar with horror games. But the internet is kind of not happy about that just because they, they don't think they have the pedigree to be able to handle such a series as Silent uh, Hill. Um, then you also have Silent Hill Townfall, which is a new game in development by No Code Studios. That one, um, we don't know the exact details because uh, they just did a trailer. Um, but it's not a mainline Silent Hill game. Then they're also going to do a Return to Silent Hill, which is a new movie by Christoph Gans, who is the original writer and director for the 2006 Silent Hill movie, which Nick and I have no, haven't had the opportunity to watch. Which I, I'm going to go and watch it now, because I kind of want to see if it's good or not. And Now if, watching it? Yeah, you're definitely. I'll let you know. Well, you're a scared cat anyways. Um, but I'm going to watch it, and I will let you guys know if it okay, does deserve... Okay, well, that's a closing thoughts... Yeah, it's going to be in one of these closing thoughts. Uh, I'm going to watch it and let you guys know if it does deserve a sequel. <laughs> then you also had uh, Silent Hill Ascension, which is a live, real-time interactive series similar to Until Dawn. Uh, and it's multiplayer uh, capable. That one should be interesting. Um, and then you have Silent Hill F, which is a new mainline uh, game in the series. Now, I'm excited for this just because I never really played any of the Silent Hill um, games. I did play PT, like I, I said earlier, uh, when it was available and when Konami was going to work with um, Hideo Kojima and make uh, a new Silent Hill game. Just And, and they had the PT test, and, and that was really scary. Um, a lot of people loved it, and it's still downloaded in, in somebody's PS4 somewhere. Um so I'm excited for all these games that they announce. Uh, I'm excited for the remake because it kind of lets me go back into the Silent Hill universe, especially 2, from what I hear, is regarded as the best uh, one in the series. Um, and also has an iconic uh, evil bad guy, uh, Pyramid Head. So I'm excited to, to see all the Silent Hill stuff and get into more spooky shit. What about you? More spooky shit? Um... Yeah, I I wasn't a big Silent Hill fan. Like, I think I maybe tried playing Silent Hill 2 at some point, but I definitely didn't play play a ton of it. Uh, oddly enough, my main exposure to this franchise has been through the music. So uh, it's pretty, pretty famous. Um, well, I think he actually directed the games, but he also like did the music for the games. His name's Akira Yamaoka. Um, so I think he's, I think he's involved with Silent Hill 2, the, the remake project at least. So I think he's got some sort of, sort of role there, but. Yeah. Explain this to our listeners and our viewers, because when you told me that you were excited for the music, I was like, you listen to creepy horror music on your spare time, like in a corner. Yeah. I mean, there, there's like actual songs, like the songs are great, you know? So I think, um, if you go back to like the trailers for the game it usually was like you know it's like a kind of like a song it's kind of got like a rock rock vibe to it um 
You know, so there's like fun. actual music, and then you know. I thought you were the... a weirdo for a second, so good thing to yeah. know. Well, I mean, I do also listen to the the, the score <laughs> of like you know, there's there's a, there's some tracks in the actual uh, like while you're playing the game that are like you know kind of cool. It kind of has like a bit of a you know Nine Inch Nails you know kind of vibe to it, I guess. But but no, I was I was mainly talking about like the actual you know songs. There's like a handful. There's not like a ton of them, but you know each game would have like you know probably two or three like vocal, vocal tracks. It's kind of like a rock rock type song, um, as well as like some more like slow piano, you know mo- moody type tracks. But it's cool music, so um, you probably are you probably actually have heard some of the songs, but like maybe you just didn't quite m- make the connection. But um, yeah, I don't so, have yeah, the I, ear for music, for video game music like you do. I think you have yeah. a, an excellent video game music ear. Yeah, so I'm I'm very familiar with the music. Um, and that's pretty much it. So I don't know. I'm kind of going to this one with open eyes where, yeah, maybe the remake, uh, the Silent Hill 2 remake is, you know, ends up being, ends up being cool. Yeah, I saw like a lot of kind of mixed mixed opinions on the trailer and and people maybe don't think the development team is a good is a good match uh given how important this game is to a lot of people so we'll see what that looks like um i think silent hill f looked awesome like i think that one i don't actually know who the development team is which kind of raises another question around just konami more broadly (laughs) because i think I think a lot of people just figured they just kind of gave up on on like con- console games and were just focused on pachinko, pachinko and you know like casino, you know like slot machines and stuff like that. So, so I, I was actually surprised that they even like did this. Like, it's kind of been like a bit, a bit of a meme where anytime Konami had like something to say around their games, it would just be like them announcing like new skateboards or something. Uh, so I think people were pleasantly surprised it wasn't just. Silent Hill skateboards. It was like actual game game announcements, um, but you know, we'll, we'll see. What, we'll see what happens. But at least that trailer looked like pretty pretty cool. Well, I think out of all these announcements, obviously everybody's going to be super hyped for a new mainline one. But like you said, because not um, very many people are familiar with the studio that's that's working on it, you don't know what the hype level is. Like, oh, it's a good studio. Like, you know, if it was. Um, somebody well-recognized, and, you know, I think there'd be more hype around it, so it, it's a wait-and-see approach. The remake, obviously, um, they probably won't steer too much from the original, but they did say that they want to kind of introduce maybe some new things to make it fresh, so we'll see on that. I think the most uh, out of these announcements that I'm excited for is the actual um, Silent Hill Ascension, because, one, because it's going to be multiplayer, and, two, because it's it's going to be, like, Until Dawn, where it's interactive, um, with different members of the party and whatever decisions you make in the game are like permanent so you can't really like save scum or anything like that so I think that's going to be pretty cool and I like the Until Dawn series I, th- I think um, as an interactive medium slasher uh, type uh, vid- uh, video game I think it, it does a good job and I know a lot of people like it and it's it's like a good party game i think if if you have a lot of friends uh over and you're like let's play this story out and, and make some decisions so i think it's gonna be pretty good all right uh so we're gonna move on to some uh 
small news of the week. Uh, there was a couple other announcements made throughout the week. Just small stuff, nothing uh, uh, major, um, but we did want to talk about a couple things. The first one being uh, Gotham Knights. So um, the last couple weeks uh, leading up to the release of Gotham Knights, the internet was really, really uh, abuzz because of the specs um, that that um, they found out that Gotham Knights is going to be showing. So they were locked in at 30 FPS on consoles, which everybody hated. And also on PC, you had to have really high-end PC to be able to run it. Um, and also, the game itself has been kind of getting bad reviews. It's very clunky from what I'm hearing. Um, and the UI is kind of outdated or just too jumbled up. Um, and it doesn't have that Batman Arkham uh, formula that Rocksteady kind of uh, pioneered um, and that everybody fell in love with. But, you know, hearing all that, um, knowing one of one of the guys on the Discord, uh, Monster Keezy, shout out to Monster Keezy, he purchased a game. He's enjoying it so far. He says uh, he enjoys the multiplayer aspect of it more just because um, they do have an easy access multiplayer where you can drop in uh, and out as one of the other, uh, one of the four um, Bat Kids, you would call them. Uh, you have Nightwing, you have Robin, you have Batgirl, and you have the Red Hood. Um, so he's enjoying that part where you can do the multiplayer and kind of coordinate with whoever you're playing with. Um, to take down the bad guys and solve the mysteries and all that stuff. So, you know, to each his own, you kind of uh, see that with a lot of games where it might not be somebody's cup of tea, but it's always somebody else's cup of tea. Um, I told them I'd wait till it goes down in price in like a month, and then maybe I'll purchase it, and then we can try it out. Um, game Pass. Yeah, or, or Game Pass. What do, what do you it'll think? Be on, it'll be on Game Pass in like two months probably. Yeah. What do you think? I know you weren't really hyped about the game especially seeing all of the um uh footage leading up to the release and we did kind of make fun of it a couple of times on the show um i think every opportunity there was to make fun of it we probably made fun of it um yeah. but you know i mean i think this this uh was basically exactly you know what, what we expected based on the initial uh some of the initial trailers that we saw where it's like okay this is going to be like it looked like the combat looked very janky. It didn't look great. Um, I think actually the performance was like even, even like worse than than maybe we were kind of led to believe from some of the initial trailers. So um, a lot of people are showing comparisons of this game versus whatever the most was it Arkham Arkham City or Arkham Knight was the last Ar one. Arkham Knight was the last one. Okay, no. um, which came out ten years Ooh. ago. No, no. Arkham Knight came out like five years ago. No. Yeah. Really? It came, no, yeah, there's no it came out. Arkham Knight, uh, five years ago. Where's our producer? I'll find we really it, need this producer now just to yeah, fact check we're, we're getting a lot of shit wrong today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we are uh, not editing out any of it because uh, yeah. that would Check take it. time. Yeah, find, find, uh, keep talking and I will find it right okay, now. Okay. Um, but yeah, this, this just kind of played out exactly as we thought. Um, so yeah, I haven't haven't learned anything new to suggest that I should I should try it unless it's on Game Pass and I can try it at no incremental cost. Um, I think that is the, the like the multiplayer element. Like that's really the only like thing that might get me get me interested in it is that's like a you know that's a new feature for that for that series. So you know 
if everyone has the game, you know, you don't have anything else to play, maybe it's like a fun thing to mess around in. Um, that's kind of how I'm thinking about it. All right. Here's some research right on the dot. Uh, June 23rd, 2015. So seven years ago. So we split the difference. Okay, okay. You said five. I mean, uh, you said ten. I said five. So we split the difference. Okay. Um, I I do think it's it's just weird. I know the Arkham series very successful. I played all three of them. I the only one I didn't beat was uh, Night, and I got towards the end on that, and then I forgot why I didn't beat it. But I think it's just it's too much copycatting. I think because Rocksteady kind of perfected the formula, and everybody loved the series. Um, I think. They just, especially trying to copy all that and succeed with it, it's not working for everybody else. And that's why it's not doing so well, um, especially because it rock steady, like I said, uh, perfected it. Um, and they moved on to uh, Suicide Squad, so it kind of it sucks, but it's one of those where if I find it on the bargain bin, I will definitely jump on it. Uh, I'll buy it on CD Key for like $5 or something. Yeah, well, I think that's even the... The criticism where it's like, I think people would have been fine if it was just a, like an actual copycat. Uh, like if it actually played like the gameplay and the combat was like actually like on par with prior games and it like at least looked equal to, if not like just even marginally better than the game from seven years ago. So I think that's why people are just like, what that, like, why is this such like a regression in the formula, so I think in my mind, if they, if it was an actual copycat plus, it was more you know, multiplayer and had online and it's a new story or whatever. Like I think people would have been pretty happy with that. Yeah, man, it's just it's disappointing to see, but hopefully uh, they fix it up or whatever, or this is gonna go the way of uh, Marvel's The Avengers and nobody's gonna pay attention. Yeah, to it. yeah. In my in my mind, I, like I'm I'm very excited about. Uh, suicide Squad. So, I think a lot of people are just like, oh, I'll just continue waiting until we get like a proper, proper new title from Rocksteady. Yeah, with everything getting pushed to twenty twenty three, it's going to be a good year. Yeah. Um. All right. And then the next thing we want to talk about was Bayonetta. Um. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but uh, recently, uh, the voice actor for uh, Bayonetta send out a tweet saying that she was only offered four thousand dollars to uh voice to, to do her voice lines for the whole game uh which for, from what we know for voice uh acting it's a very uh, low paying they get paid uh, a low amount of money uh for their voice acting even if the game sells uh massively so it's kind of kind of hard to be a voice actor um but there was some reporting uh from Blue Bloomberg uh from uh Jason Schreier that Nintendo actually offered her um 4 to 5000 dollars per uh voice session and there was about to be there was supposed to be 3 to 4 voice session so in total she would have gotten paid around uh fifteen thousand dollars so there's been a, a bit of a dispute on the internet a little bit more on uh her side because obviously being a voice actor and and voicing um uh, an iconic character and the game goes on to to sell so well and you know you never really know the how much they're getting paid or, or how much residuals they're getting paid off of that um and then there's 
people on the side of Nintendo that are like, well, she didn't tell the whole truth. So it is kind of weird um, to kind of dispute this, especially when you don't have all the details because there was a lot of NDA signed. Um, I do feel bad for the voice acting community just because I know like with Red Dead Redemption um, and with uh, GTA and with God of War and stuff like that, um, you don't know exactly how much they're getting paid. You don't know how well these games are going to do, if they're going to do really well. And and uh, they they hold the test of time. And are they getting paid residuals on that and stuff like that. So I don't feel bad for her. Definitely um, it's better to have the whole story, which we'll probably never get because of Nintendo's very uh, particular with the NDAs and also Platinum Games. Um, what do you think about this? Do you, do you think... Um, we should have more transparency with with uh, how voice actors are getting paid and and what they're making off of uh, later sales of games, even if they don't do well in the beginning. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we need more more transparency. Like, I think people's commercial terms. You know, I think it's fine if that's private. I think the I think the question's more like, should a voice actor be entitled to residuals? Um. That's a that's a really hard that's a really hard question. Like I think it's kind of like a where do you draw the line of okay, but like why is this voice actors? Why not the actual like developers of the game and who gets what? So I think it kind of opens a a kind of Pandora's box of of, of questions. Um, I mean, just from, from my perspective, like if I were running a developer, like I would definitely be. Um, you know, having worked at like technology and startup companies, part of the compensation structure is generally some sort of like ownership interest, you know, people get like equity and, you know, stock options and stuff like that. So there's a, um, you know, some ability to participate in the upside of the company. Uh, I would like to think there's a version of that, you know, I don't think it needs to be like stock equity programs because... I just don't think that's the right incentive for like a game developer, but if the studio or the title ends up generating like a ton of profit, I would like to think there's a mechanism where everyone involved with the game is able to participate in the profits in some way. So it'd be like some sort of like profit sharing or, you know, residuals thing. So that's my very like idealistic, you know, so like I'm, that's what I think it should be, but like it's currently not. <laughs> it's currently not that. And then how, how does the broader industry, you know, move in, into that direction? I think that's like a really hard, a really hard problem to solve. Um, so yeah, like I get, I get the frustration from the voice actor community. So that's like just one, one big challenge, right? Is um, how, how do voice actors get appropriately paid where they feel like they're not getting fairly compensated and developers think, everything's fine. Um, and then the other, the other issue was just like the fact that someone was seemingly like misrepresenting the situation and like social media. <laughs> so it's like, that's another, you know, can of worms. It's just like, yeah, if you don't come yeah, out what, with the what were you thinking? The so it's almost kind of hypocritical, right? Where you're basically saying, uh, I was, I was, as a creator was treated unfairly. So now I'm going to like try to derail, the success of this game and by doing that putting like all the other creators of that game 
you know, under, under pressure, like, so to speak. So the, I kind of feel like that ended up not, not being a good look, um, not being like, if you're going to try to like reveal, you know, reveal a situation, like you kind of have to do it in a, in a transparent way and not have, you know, Jason Trier basically immediately undermine your whole, your whole thing with like within two days. <laughs> so. Yeah. Especially cause, especially cause she directly said, don't buy the game. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I, I, so I, I listened, I watched the videos. I was like, Oh my God. Like when she was basically like, do not like boycott this game. I was just like, okay. Like, I feel like that's, that's taken it like too far. Like, I think he could have still had, you know, you could have driven a bigger conversation around this without telling people to like explicitly not buy the game. Yeah. Um, and also it's like, it's just so silly. It's like, it's like whether it's $4,000 or just over $15,000 to me, it's like, who cares? Like it's, you can still, you can still say, over fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, she would have said over fifteen. Same. I would be like, that's kind of low. I would have been like, yeah, that's everyone would be like, oh my god, that's so ridiculously low for like this iconic voice of this, you know, friend. So it's like, there's like a lot of weird, a lot of weirdness going on with this one. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's a really you know shitty situation from a couple of different perspectives, and then. And then I think I kind of, we, we've been talking about Bayonetta and I'm, I, I was already kind of like wait and see on this one, even though I loved the first two games. Um, I think it's actually been getting pretty, pretty positive, um, you know, like initial previews. So, but I think, I think, you know, not, not to like validate the call to boycott the game, but like, I think this whole situation, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait and see what happens and if the game's good great if not you know it's not like a big deal to me well the other side of it too is like it's a cult series so it's not like it sells millions it's not a call of duty or a red dead or anything like that um and the fact that they replaced her with uh jennifer hale who is well known um throughout the 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 video game community the video game community because she does do a lot of uh voice acting for a lot of characters um it's kind of funny because then you kind of want to start thinking like okay so how much did they have to pay jennifer hale and unfortunately um she can't divulge that because she did sign an nda um at the beginning of this controversy she did she was supporting helena she was liking the tweet saying that um voice actors should be paying more and you know it's it's kind of weird um especially like Going back on like the the Mario movie, they got Chris Pratt to voice Mario for the Mario movie. How much are they paying Chris Pratt when they could, uh, when they probably wouldn't pay that to the guy who does Mario's voices, even though he doesn't talk that much, anyways. Um, but it's just weird. It, it is a, a slippery slope just because there's not a lot of details, or the details that they are does seem like um, they are underpaid and. And they just want to be able to be compensated because video games are different than music. They're different than movies or different than TV shows. You don't get paid residually for all that uh, video game wise. So hopefully they figure it out. I mean, it's a lot of hard work and some some of these characters, some of these uh, vo uh, voices are iconic that you can kind of pick up right away. So we just hope that they, they get 
their fair share. All right, and then moving on from that, uh, we want to talk about the DualSense Edge controller because you know I need another one. I have four, I need a fifth. Um, so Sony announced the DualSense Edge a couple months back, but they officially uh, gave out all the specs and um, the pricing. Uh, it's going to be priced at $200, which is about $20 more than what the Elite controller is currently priced at. There was a lot of hoopla on in there from what I saw. It seems to be like a lot of people are a little bit complaining because it does cost uh, a bit more than the uh, Elite controller. I honestly think it's justifiable just because looking at the pricing, the Elite controller, especially if you order it now, there's extra stuff that you... If you want, you have to pay the extra money. So in terms of pricing, I think it ends up costing more uh, for the Elite controller than the DualSense. Obviously, if you don't want the uh, extra buttons or, or paddles or whatever, you don't have to pay for that and just keep it at $180. Um, or you could just, I know they have the new one where you can customize the colors and all that stuff. If you don't, if you just want a plain controller, uh, it'll stay at 180 But if you want to have those extra add-ons, it's going to go over 200 I mean, for me, I love the DualSense controller. I think it's great. Like I said before, I have four of them. Um, I think I, I might purchase the, the Sense Edge, the DualSense Edge, just because it seems very attractive to me. I might wait it out and see if they do different color variations. That's the only thing that's putting me off. Obviously, it's it's a big expenditure. It's about half of what a regular PlayStation 5 <laughs> costs, uh, uh, the digital edition. So, um, But I'm a controller guy, and honestly, with the Elite, with the bumper problems that it had, very disappointing. Um, and I've had no issues with, with the DualSense that I have now. I haven't got any stick drift. I know that's a big thing. Um, but I'm excited uh, for it. I'm excited to try it out. I probably won't get it right away just because I want to see as Sony does, they probably will have more options, more color options. So I'll wait and see on that. Um, what about you? I know you're not like a big controller guy. What do you mean? I'm a you're big like controller a, guy. You're I just a don't buy keyboard I just, snob guy. I just don't buy you know four of the same controller. I, I didn't buy four of the same controller. I, I told you the one comes with the with the PlayStation. Then the second one I got it so I could play with my girlfriend. Then I was like, oh, there's a red one. There you go. There's so a red one. You got this controller here. I got this controller here. Yeah, there's a red one that looks cool. Oh, and there's also a black one that looks cool. So now we're just showing off all the controllers. If you're watching this on video, red, black, white. I'm only one person, man. I need to clone yeah. myself. If I can uh, clone myself, I no, can I play am, with all these controllers. I love control. I mean, controllers, arcade sticks mouse and keyboard you know whatever it is so any any input device i'm a fan of uh yeah i think I'm, I'm i'll probably wait and see on this one like 200 dollars is is pretty steep um maybe it ends up being maybe it ends up like obviously being worth worth that much money and i'll just have to wait for like impressions um but yeah i'll, I'll probably you know i'm not going to be in a big rush to pick this up and the ocd enemy can't allow there to be a white controller uh, to match what I now have is a galactic purple PlayStation 5. So 
at a minimum, I have to wait. Like, I'm not buying two Pro controllers, right? So, like, I would need to wait for the purple DualSense Edge controller. So, I think just for the colorway, I need to I need to wait, and then during that time, you know, you definitely we'll know get all the coming down the line. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but like, I, the more I looked at it, like when it was first announced, yeah, just I think it's just it's the price. Like when it was first announced, I was like, oh, like even if it's just basically the like for me like it's the dual sense but i can swap out the stick the sticks with something that i like better for my thumbs and the back like, pedals but well there's there's more stuff than that but i'm just saying like for me for me personally like if it was literally just dual sense but with thumbsticks that i like better like i would like i would buy that but would i buy it for two hundred dollars like i think that's that's probably a bit much and so i just gotta see how the, all the other features shake out um yeah i don't I, I just never could like get into like to the back paddles like i had actually just replaced or like i removed them from my elite controller like i just never i just never use them so it's not a big big draw for me i mean i'll i like i said i won't buy it right away but i will definitely check it out um the elite itself is a very heavy controller and it hasn't uh endured the the test of time my bumper is fucked i haven't used the the controller itself in months i would say just because like my bumper shot i use the bumper for everything i play a lot of first person shooters and that kind of bothered me whereas none of these uh playstation dualsense controllers have uh have given me any issue um and especially lately i've been playing a lot of playstation 5 and with god of war coming up it's definitely something that i want to have in my hands because I know Sony uh, gets the best use out of the DualSense, and a lot more companies are, a lot of more developers are using the DualSense more, uh, incorporating all the haptic feedback that they can do and the sound and all that stuff. So, uh, even though the con- the controller doesn't come out till early next year, um, and God of War is out in two or three weeks, I think I, I, I'm gonna once it, once I get a a demo in my hands, I'll let you know. New purchases. Or are we just like wasting money on things that we'll never use? Yeah, we definitely do that. Yeah. Was that a uh, crank thing? I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, You're oh, talking about the play date. Uh, yeah. yeah. Don't, just don't get me, don't get well, me started. And well, I have another new, uh, maybe maybe we could talk about this. Include, I'll just talk about it now. But um, maybe I've mentioned this in the prior episode, but there's another device called the Analog Pocket. I've seen that one. Yeah, uh, so I pre-ordered that in December of 2021, and they're just now like starting to ship these things. So I should be getting that in a few weeks. Um, I'm one way of the more, groups, way more one optimistic. of the group chats. I mean, uh, somebody got one, so they sent a picture, um, and it looks cool. It's it's a Game Boy, man. I love my Game Boys. Yeah, um, but you can. There's a lot more like flexibility with you know games you can play on it and emulation and all that stuff so i think that could be like basically like the ultimate like super nintendo like portable super nintendo machine so that's what i'm hoping for nice can't wait to hear your pressing buttons review on that when you get that how many buttons how many buttons do you think i'm gonna give that i gave the playdate one out of five buttons oh i think you're gonna give this five buttons Right off the bat, I, I've seen videos of it. I've seen 
people playing with it, it looks it looks like something you want to have in your hands and, and play with when, when you're just like on a train or a bus or on a plane or something. Yeah. So five buttons. I'm calling it now. Okay. All right. So that does it for our news of the week. Uh, hopefully you guys got some, some good tidbits out of there. If, if you guys weren't uh, paying You missed something. What I miss? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Almost Jesus, closed. Jesus, dude. Almost closed. It's it. basically the only thing I wanted to talk about. That's oh, why. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Damn, man. What are you doing a podcast for? <laughs> I don't no. want to talk about all this other shit. No, no, no. no. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 trailer. That's right. Uh, Square Enix released a new Final Fantasy 16 trailer uh, with a lot of story content. Man, do they know how to put on a show with every trailer that they release? I, I don't think. That Any? creative business unit three, dude. Yeah, I that's don't think the specific like development studio. That does know, that's, the, that's the like the and the, have you seen the trailers for Final Fantasy fourteen? Yeah, yeah, they never like they're them. fucking incredible, dude. Yeah, so. if you have if you have some time, go online and look up look up all these trailers uh, for Final Fantasy uh, fourteen. Well, any mainline Final Fantasy, but especially Final Fantasy fourteen and the new one for Final Fantasy sixteen. It looks amazing. Um, we get a lot more story content. We get a lot more um, uh, a deeper look at the icons, which uh, in this case is what they call the summons, um, which everybody, which in, in this game, it seems to be like people are the summons. Um, it's not a, your normal Final Fantasy game where you're in a party and uh, you go around and you can summon uh, the summons. Summon the summons. Is that what Who's, we're doing? Who summons the summons? Yeah, so you're 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 a summon, but it looks it looks great, man. Like all the characters look great. You get some some story beats. You get to look at the worlds. The worlds look great. It did remind me a little bit of Game of Thrones. No, well, no, uh, Stranger of Paradise, uh, just because of the aesthetic, and also in Stranger Whoa. Paradise, you're going around and you're you're doing the four crystal stuff and the four big monsters. So. Um, but it, it looks great nonetheless. I'm excited to play it. Um, summer 2023. Uh, all right, go ahead. You didn't take get it away. a you didn't get a Game of Thrones vibe with the like the the flags and going around the different would, cities and I know I wouldn't say Game of Thrones because I the vibe for me for Game of Thrones is all the political maneuvering that they do. Yeah, and even though they have all the well, I don't. I, it's a small trailer. They didn't, I didn't see any political maneuver. Watch it again. So I've watched it multiple times. I think you literally just watched it before this. Yeah, I watched it once. Yeah. Okay. I'll, and I'll, you're, I was probably like you know, pressuring you. And, but I'll, um, all right. I'll, I'll have to watch, watch it, again, it again then. Watch okay. it again and then tell me that yeah, like, you agree with me. It's Game of Thrones. Well, what, then, what, what else? <laughs> But Since this is the only thing you want to talk about, apparently, uh, what else? Give, give me all your thoughts. No, I think that, that's pretty much all I had. It was the trailer's incredible. It reminds me of Game of Thrones. We didn't really get too much. They had like a slight hint of like combat and, and gameplay. I think in prior trailers they showed they showed more combat. So I think hopefully in the next couple months we'll have like more of like a combat combat oriented deep dive. Um. You know, I talk, we talked about music, or I'm, I'm yeah. the resident music. I mean, the, the music's incredible in the trailer. Um, it's the same guy, uh, Soken, uh, who did, he does the music for Final Fantasy XIV. So 
Um, he's a fan favorite. Um, like anyone who plays Final Fantasy XIV loves loves this guy. So I think people had a lot of high expectations with his music for Final Fantasy XVI. So based on this trailer, he's he's delivering. It was very gorgeous. It, it looks hype. Well, it looks hype. It just looks hype, dude. It's yeah. probably. I think it's got to be. I think it probably already was like my number one most anticipated game. But like the this trailer. Well, I don't validated know. That. I don't know, man. Twenty twenty three is going to be a stacked year. Uh, Zelda. What is there? Zelda, Suicide Squad, Final Fantasy. Uh, the. The uh, what's the remake? What's part two called? Rebirth. Rebirth. Uh, Wait, that's next year. Yeah. At the at uh, winter, winter, next winter year. next year. We'll do see not, about that. Do you not remember what we talked about in this podcast? Who am I? I know we, I know we who, talked about it. I think I, just, I think I just <laughs> don't believe it. No, I believe it just because they're they're on track. They're releasing the Crisis Core um, remake at the end of, of this year, so like two months, and they got uh, sixteen in the summer, and then uh, rebirth. Winter, so it's it's a full year of good Final Fantasy games. Um, it was very gory, uh, the trailer, which I haven't seen in in uh, in many Final Fantasy trailers. Surprise! Somebody gets their yeah. head chopped off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think um, which maybe isn't so surprising because uh, again, it's the same uh, you know guy that's got doing everything for Final Fantasy fourteen. So it has yeah. very much like the Matsuno flavor of Final Fantasy, so that's like Final Fantasy twelve. And they did say Final they, Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. Like it's like very much consistent with that that style which I which I love. So and it, it looked great. And they did say they, they are kinda of going for a mature a more mature take on the series. Um so I'm excited to see how that turns out. Not that um all the other Final Fantasy games weren't mature, but this does seem to be like like you said, it, it does seem to be Game of Thrones is, is what they're going for. We'll, we'll see when the game comes out. I think it is one of our most anticipated for 2023. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'll be... I think with God of War and those two Final Fantasy games, I'll be getting a lot of PlayStation 5 time. Yeah, man. I'm already in which it. Which I really haven't played at all. Well, it's because you don't have a TV stand. You know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't get me started, dude. Well, all right, so that does it for the news officially. Um, so we're gonna move on to some closing thoughts. Um, I'm gonna start it off. For this week, I've been playing some more Horizon Forbidden West. I got back into it, uh, loving the game. Um, I'm enjoying it more now. I think I it was I was right to give it a little break. It was I was being over- overwhelmed, especially after playing so many other games where I was collecting a lot of stuff. But I know you're not a big fan of the game. Um, the it, I know you you like that it looks really good, but you don't like get drawn in by the robotic. Yeah, animals yeah it's one of those games that, that I like. I respect the game. It's just I just can't I can't yeah. get into it um, for whatever reason. So yeah, it does. It, there is a lot of stuff to do, which I I like doing. I like doing the tasks, but. I think it's I'm kind of getting... the same thing with the the Naughty Dog games. Like yeah. it's like oh yeah, like Last of Us. Like that's you, you know it's amazing. It, Uncharted, it's amazing. I just you buy you you get I buy, you buy them. Em. I buy them all. Yeah, I yeah. Did, yeah I think so I, I fucking bought all those games. I bought the the first Horizon. I did not buy Horizon. Uh, Forbidden West. Forbidden West, because I think I might have finally learned my lesson to like mm-hmm. stop buying these 
like prestige <laughs> single player games play. with like a specific gameplay formula that I just like don't don't like that much. So yeah. Well, I think yeah. I'm hearing I'm I'm hitting my end of like I love collecting shit in video games, but there might be a thing is too much collecting, um, and I I love doing the side quests. When a game has me kind of skipping the dialogue, I think it's it's too much. And then in the beginning, I was I was paying attention to the side quests and all that stuff, but now I'm like, let me just do this side quest so I could get some XP and shut up. So I I do feel bad. I feel like I'm doing a disservice to the game. So would you? How would you rate this versus Days Gone? I like. Which this. I think is also another big. There's like lots of yeah. c- collecting and. That type of stuff, right? Like, which one's worse? <laughs> no, no, no. It's just like if you if you were to like try to get me to like pick up one of these games or pick up you know someone in someone in our audience. Oh, like would, if you were to, I would say uh, Forbidden West is still the way to go. I, I like okay, Days okay, okay. Gone, but I think because it it Days Gone feels too much like every a, a lot of other games, whereas Forbidden West feels like a unique game. So I think. Uh, and I would recommend Forbidden West ahead of Days Gone. Yeah. No, I, the reason I make that comparison, it might seem like an odd comparison, but I know you recently completed Days Gone and you kind of yeah. had that similar feeling of like kind of burnout where yeah. you were just like, I just want to, it's time to just finish this game and I want to just get through it just so yeah. we can be done with it. So Yeah. Well, with, with Days Gone, it was always like it picked up a lot of the good parts of... Uh, of other games so it was good but not good enough where it's like this will stick with me so forbidden west is the way to go i'll let you guys know uh when i finish it um in terms of uh tv stuff i've been watching house of the dragon um since we're recording this on monday i was able to watch the last episode episode 10 uh that released uh last night no spoilers here but Definitely a worthy successor to um, Game of Thrones. I think they do a great job. There's a lot of time skips um, for the season. Uh, I think the first six episodes, like there's like four or five time skips. So that takes a little bit of getting used to. But they've settled in with the actors that they're going to uh, go with going forward uh, with the seasons. And I think uh, what sets it apart from Rings of Power, Rings of Power... Um, finishing the week before is just that uh game of Thrones. ah well house of the dragon is very fantastical um but it's not too much whereas in rings of power you have like the orcs and the dwarves and the hobbits and the um, elves and all that stuff in um game of thrones universe you really only have like you have dragons um and then you have like the 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 Frozen people, whatever they're called, the wit, White Walkers, the White Walkers, yeah. So it's it's not too fantastical. It's it's more of, of the political stuff, which everybody loves some political gossip and backstabbing and all that stuff. So I think that makes it a better show. Um, they're both great in my opinion. So anybody should, uh, everybody should check both of them out. But I do think House of the Dragon kind of nailed it uh, for me, and it's I can't wait till season two. I think it starts filming early next year. But it's probably not going to be out till 2024. So, you know, hopefully uh, they do it early next. Uh, they do it towards the end of the year. That'd be a good thing. Oh, thank um, God you got a plenty of Final Fantasy to keep you company next year. 
There you go. It's going to be a jam-packed multimedia year. Um, the other show I want to talk about was Andor, and I know we've talked about Nick and I. Uh, we've talked about this. Um, I'm always a big fan. Of, I'm a big fan of Star Wars, but I'm a bigger fan of Star Wars when it doesn't have to do with like Jedi's and lightsabers and the Sith and all that stuff. And this one is basically about a rebellion. Um, the the starting of a rebellion um for those that have seen rogue one you kind of know how they how it ends but i think so far there's seven episodes out if you watch the first six episodes as its own mini story i think it does a great job the first three episodes a lot of um building if you watch those three you're like this sucks but the back half of those three episodes are amazing. It's good to watch them all in one sitting at least. Um, I watched episode seven. It's kind of standalone. I'm going to wait. Uh, I think I'm going to go back to waiting till at least the last four episodes of the season are out before I watch them so I can watch them like that. But I think it's a worthy successor. I know Ali and I have been telling you to watch it. Uh, watch Andor and Rogue One if you haven't. Um, so this is another reminder. Watch Andor and Rogue One. Yeah, Obi Wan's just turn turn me off Star Wars t- television you, series like so hard. So I'm telling you, as long as they do away with lightsabers and the Jedi, like leave that for the main just line. Everything that the franchise is known for, as long as they just they're known for aliens and Han Solo. Like, give me a Han Solo show, like a good one, and I'll be fine. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. they got a movie for you. Yeah, I, I like the movie too. You know? Oh, did you? It wasn't too bad. Okay. It was different. I, I like different shit in the Star Wars. Stop giving me okay. Jedi bullshit. No, Jedi's fine. I mean, I, Jedi's you know, are bullshit. I like, I like Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, see? I guess there's a lightsaber in there, but yeah. Um, uh, wait, wait, and and the last thing, League of Legends. Oof, playoffs have been amazing. I know you tried to watch some of it. And you did not understand <laughs> what was going on. I tried so hard to like, if I wanted to participate in this yeah. hype engine, and I'm just like. It's what the hell is going on? So I, just, I just can't do it. It's just like sports. Like uh, I'm a big, I, I watch a lot of sports and I enjoy them more because I understand uh, everything that's going on, the rules and all that stuff. And the same thing with video games. The more you understand the game, the more you get it. So to watch it, it's definitely uh, you need that experience. But man, it's like I feel bad for people who don't. Um, who who don't know how the game works, and if like they watch the series this weekend, a lot of very competitive. The first two series uh, on Thursday and Friday weren't competitive; they were three zero sweeps. But the last two series on Saturday and Sunday, um, uh, best of five uh, in the on the Saturday one, they came back from two zero to tie it up two two. Uh, it was Damwon Kia versus Genji, two Korean teams. Um, and then Gen G won, ended up winning. They were up 2-0. Damwon Kian came back 2-2, didn't close it out. So that was amazing. And then yesterday, it was a Chinese team, uh, EDG, who, yeah, EDG, who were the world champions for, for last year, versus another Korean team, DRX. And DRX actually was down 0-2, uh, and then they came back and won 3-2. So that was amazing. Um, and then like the history of the players, the, the, one of the guys on DRX used to play for EDG and he had players. He played. So it's, it's just a lot of good storylines. A lot of people are saying this has been like the best worlds that, uh, that they've done or well, the, the best world just for the, the meta and the players and the storylines. It's, it's amazing. So like that, I know everything that's going on. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped and hopefully, uh, some people watch it and, and see what's going on. 
the semifinals are in Atlanta next weekend. Four teams left, and then the finals are the weekend after that in uh, San Francisco. So, oof, man, I'm gonna miss some, some league viewing. Then I gotta wait till next year when the season starts again. All right, enough, enough cool. of me. Give me some of your stuff. Believe it or not, I have a TV TV show update. Oh, you watched something against all odds? Yeah, so. So I think we mentioned earlier, like my TV unit arrives tomorrow, fingers crossed. And then what I've been with, so like, those are like the shows that I want to watch by myself, like not, not with my wife, of which the first one's going to be Edge Runners, which she absolutely will not want to watch. And then a few other, few other series. But, um, we do have like another setup where if like we both want to watch a show together, like we, we can do that. And, and then welcome the Wrexham. Uh, came out pretty recently, I think, in the last few, few weeks. Something like that. Um, yeah, it's the season finale, right? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it, I've I've seen the whole thing, so I think maybe oh. I was like pretty pretty late into it. But I, I knew it was like getting a lot of you know positive press, and um, I like both Ryan Reynolds and Rob McIntyre. So uh, I knew I was going to watch it at some point, and I was like, oh, like maybe there's a chance that. That my wife would be interested in this, even though she's not a big soccer person, I am a big soccer person, so I was definitely gonna watch it. But I thought I thought she might be interested in it because again, it's like it's Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. She likes she likes both of them. Um, she's a huge Mythic Quest fan. Uh, oddly enough, again, she's also like not a gamer. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah, yeah but she like lo- she's like obsessed with that show, and and you know Rob Rob is in that show, so. I was like, hey, let me just take a chance on this one. Maybe she'll be interested in it. Uh, and yeah, she ended up she ended up loving it. So I think we've basically just like marathoned the whole thing in like three days. Uh, I think it's only what is it like eighteen episodes? It's eighteen episodes, but they're like eighteen quick. They're episodes. Like, yeah, they're like twenty five minutes. They're damn. I didn't know. Yeah. I, I didn't know there were that many. Yeah, yeah, but they're 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 quick. They go they go um, they go quick. So we were able to watch like you know however many per day. Uh, so yeah, that's great. Like, have you followed any, like anything that's going on? Like basically it's this, um, well, I know I the origins of I don't know if I want to explain the whole thing, but yeah, like it, it's, it's yeah. cool. Like, so I, I, I was definitely going to be into it. Even someone who's like not into soccer, um, can like definitely, it's like, it's very entertaining. It's a great story. I think they do a good job of, um, just trying to like explain the game and like the context around the situation that this club is in and like what Ryan and Rob are trying to do with the team. So like, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's a really interesting show, even if you like don't really care about soccer. Well, I don't want to compare, but it's, it sounds like it's very Ted Lasso where Ted Lasso is a show about soccer, but I think they play in total in two seasons. I think I've only seen like five minutes of soccer in the whole show. Yeah. Cause it, it's about everybody else and the situation that's going sure, on. So it sure, seems sure, something yeah. like that. I'm gonna check yeah. it out. It, um, it, everybody's been saying good stuff. You've been saying good stuff, so I'll probably yeah, check it out. Yeah, it's a cool. Um, yeah, so I won't like spoil anything, but like it's definitely a, a a fun a fun show, and I'm looking forward to you know to the next seasons. And I guess now there's uh, there's like Wrexham fans like around the world that went from having like a fan base of you know however many thousands of people lived in Wrexham, Wales to now like millions of people who are like interested in this club so it's a pretty 
Um, I think it's like a complete genius, like marketing, you know, and they, they kind of get into like that, like, you know, some of their, like the marketing things that they do. Um, yeah, I don't I know, it's, it's cool. I think you're going to see a lot more celebrities buying these uh, smaller clubs now. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I think it's there's something unique about around the, these two. Well, I think it's they probably, not that they did it as a joke, but like, oh, we should buy a team. And they bought it. And it's like, oh, this is funny. Let's now do a TV show about it. I think I think it's very genuine. And and they like to mess around. They're, they're funny guys. So Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, probably my first uh, TV show update in months, uh, but that was a good one. Uh, and then, actually, I didn't play because of that. I didn't really get a chance to play too many games. I think the only, the only curveball was, kind of randomly, we decided to play Warzone for so for game night. So yeah, that was very funny. That was, that was very funny interaction. You guys that was kind of funny. Yeah, well, you you were playing Horizon while we were playing Warzone. It's just right? very funny because you guys don't play no type of Call of Duty games. Like, yeah, you play Fortnite and uh, I think you guys played Halo once, but you mostly stick to like Rocket League. And then you guys were like, "Let's play Warzone," and I thought it was a joke. It, it was no laughing matter. Um, yeah, but uh, Modern Warfare 2 is coming. I don't know. So I think there's just like a lot of interest with what's going on with, with Call of Duty. And I just wanted to give that another whirl. Um, we had, we had, I mean, we got our ass kicked uh, pretty substantially, but it was, a, it was a good time. Yeah, you guys were playing uh, Plunder, right? So it wasn't too bad. Yeah, you yeah, kept, yeah. You kept respawning. It's, it's yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, need, I just need to figure out the, the loot. There's like so much stuff. Uh, like I just don't even know like what to get and how to like get my loadout optimized and all that. So there's there's a lot of that stuff I got to figure out. But other than that, it was it was fun. So I kind of want to play it some more. You just got to Google best loadouts for plumbing. I know. I was gonna watch some YouTube videos. Right? Like here I go killing again. Here I, just I go love killing again. Killing. <laughs> Wasn't there a Crumbopulous Michael skin? And I don't know if it was Warzone, was it or was it? It was one of the Call of Duty games, right? Yeah, I think it was in Warzone. Was we'll it Warzone? Take a, we'll have to... Uh, producer, where are you? <laughs> to yeah, like, we, we usually know everything. Yeah. Uh, we've everything never, we've we never can... needed a producer before until this yeah. episode. <laughs> Damn it, man. Yeah. We're getting um, home. It was a busy week for uh, for us. That's why, like, we're... Late episode, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. But, you know... We're loyal to our fans. Oh yeah, I guess I can. That that was like it's because my my parents were visiting this weekend, so that's that's uh, you know kept kept me occupied over the weekend, and we weren't able to do our recording on the normal schedule. So yeah, and my new job kind of it, it's a different schedule now, so it's kind of throwing me off for a little bit. So I'm still getting used to it. That's right. Yeah. Against the odds, we have lives. We will publish. People. Yeah, but uh, going off that. We do have a special uh, Halloween episode coming up next weekend, or this weekend coming up. So, you know, for all you guys, for all you Pressing Buns fans, make sure you tune in. We have a special surprise for you guys. I'm excited for it. Nicky is excited for it. He doesn't get excited for a lot of things, but I think he's excited for it, too. <laughs> I mean, the, the costume fits so good. Oh, I went from, like, not being excited to being, like, yeah, this is good. 
All right, so you guys definitely want to tune in for the Halloween episode and see uh, who we're going to be dressed up as. Yeah. Um, ah, but that does it uh, for episode 40. Look at that. We are 40. This is 40. Uh, episode 40 of pressing... <laughs> episode 40 of pressing buttons. I'm Hugo. Bye. I'm Nick. Later. Thanks for joining us on episode 40 of Pressing Buttons. The show is produced and edited by Nick and myself. Our awesome music is composed by Leila, and our show is done by Deepaz Design. Don't forget to give us a rating and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. See you on the next episode.